Hey everybody and welcome back to Active Architecture. Today we will be talking about Dollhouse Season 1 Episode 6, Man on the Street. I'm Jay. And I'm Kevin. I'm, and I'm Cindy. Yes, Cindy is our special guest for this podcast. Cindy and I actually do another podcast um, for Xena. And so uh, we had to bring her on for Dollhouse. Definitely, or I would have kicked you in the shins. <laughs> <laughs> I'd hunt you down to kick you in the shins. <laughs> Yep, real life got in the way for Jen this time, so she won't be able to join us this time. It did, it did, sadly. I know, I, I missed last one, and then Jen's missing. I guess, Kevin, next one's your turn. Yeah, wait, now I'm going to have to wait and see what crazy thing happens next time we plan to record. <laughs> I, know, exactly. I know, I almost missed this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just uh, technology uh, likes to throw us a curveball. Exactly, technology in real life. It's bitch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we are here to talk about Man on the Street. I'm so excited. We're finally here. Too. <laughs> yes, I've been waiting for this. This one's really special for me. Now, Cindy, this is the first episode that you saw of Dollhouse? Yes, that's why. I mean, I had no clue. I was talking to my nephew, and I brought a, and of course, Eliza's name comes up, and he goes, isn't that the chick that's doing that show, Dollhouse? And I hadn't even heard of it yet. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no kidding. And then I think about a couple of days later, I happened to see her Maxim magazine at the store. And I and I went, oh, my God, he was right. And then I started looking for And then I was able to find it and watched Men on the Street for the very first time. And being the very first episode to see, missing the first five, I was, I was very impressed. It stuck me right in. It was so full spectrum of everything pumping off that I actually pretty much got a good idea what was going on yeah and so, so yeah i think was, this was a probably a good episode to start with if you were going to start in the middle of the show yeah. um this was probably the best episode to start with because it does sort of rehash the premise and i think it does the best job out of any of the episodes of of ex explaining exactly why joss is making the show and and the mm -hmm. duality of the episode works really well as far as the the storyline with Sierra that we get, and then the storyline with Echo and how they differ. And um, yeah. so this was probably a good episode to start with. Well, not only that, they were already comfortable in their roles more. You know, um, I mean, I, I had to laugh, though. Um, uh, I can't remember. Oh, my gosh, I can't even remember. Isn't this the one where, where Eliza comes out in the, uh, the bondage outfit? No, no, that's no. a spy in the house of love. Oh, I'm sorry, you guys. I've been doing a Dollhouse rewatch, and I'm all they're all like running together right now in my head. So I should just stick to my notes while I sh like a good little girl. <laughs> so I scratch actually, that. I, I like that Jay was able to answer that instantly, even before I can get a word out to know which episode that was. <laughs> I, I'm a little bit of a fanatic when it comes to Dollhouse. We, I won't lie about this. We've established this. <laughs> yeah, he's my grounding point on anything. Okay, which what episode? Okay, um, you know, I can pick out lines out of anywhere, but don't ask me where it came from. <laughs> yeah, no, it's interesting, because some folks I know, uh, we're much like you, Cindy, and that this was their introduction episode. I mean, we, those of us who were along since the beginning, once we got an episode or two in, I know we started seeing uh, interviews with Joss talking a lot about, well, just wait till that sixth episode. <laughs> Everything changes. <laughs> yeah, I remember a lot of interviews with Joss and Oz, and they were like, just hold out to the sixth episode. Hold out to the sixth episode. And so there was a lot of buildup for this episode, and it, it could have failed miserably, but it didn't. It was a, a very well-done episode. I'm glad because I didn't get to see at the 
you know, now that I've seen it quite a few times, it's not as bad. And I did not see Battlestar Galactica before, so I wasn't familiar with uh, Tomo. Mm-hmm. That I missed out on the really, um, like, ironing board stiffness that he has at the beginning. Mm-hmm. You know, where he seems like almost like a one-dimensional character. <laughs> and so he seems to be more of uh, Paul Ballard, more Paul Ballardy for me. So it worked out really well that it, that is that it did start here for me. If that made any yeah. sense. Well, he got in this episode too. He got to to play a lot more of who he was and and all of his interactions with Joel Miner and everything too. We're mm-hmm. we're really seeing him outside the precinct room, mm-hmm. uh, doing a lot more. I think too. Mm-hmm. Well, that and he's got one of my favorite favorite lines, uh, Paul Ballard lines. And once we get to that point, I'll uh, I'll say what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think. Um... This episode really pushed him into the middle of the story. He's getting to interact with Echo. He's getting to interact with a lot of different characters. This not just him sitting in his apartment doing nothing, or, or him, you know, off in you know just randomly stretched throughout the episode. He actually has a major plot point in this episode, and so that again helps you endear, uh, you know, endear his character a little bit more. Almost a couple of them. I mean, he's got everything going on with Melly. He's got everything going on with Joe Minor, plus as well as dealing with the dollhouse, too. So it was just like, for me, it was like so much going on at once, and I'm like, wow, what a show. <laughs> yeah, this, I mean, this episode is one of those ones you watch a couple of times, certainly even your first time through, just to make sure mm-hmm. you've grabbed everything that happened. Oh, and I'll still find things. You know, even on this, I don't, I lost count how many times I've watched Dollhouse, and even, you know, on three things, I'm like, Oh, wow, how did I miss that before? That's what, I guess, with any show, that you you find some little subtle thing that really opened, you know, turned on a light for a lot of stuff. Yeah, well, there's definitely a lot of exposition in this episode. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I could see where there, there's a lot explained. Um, and, and I think that's what really works so well as a setup episode is because mm-hmm. you have these people, these random interviews that are basically fighting both sides of the story. You have some people who are for it. You have some people who are against it. And, um, that's basically what the main two storylines did for me because you have Sierra in this horrifying storyline, um, you know, being abused by her handler and blaming it on Victor and things like that. And then you have this storyline with Echo and Joel and it's almost, it it almost grabs your heart a little bit because rip mine out uh, again. I mean, it's not morally right. But mm-hmm. Joss does push you into that gray area and mm-hmm. sort of play with your emotions with feeling sorry for this guy who's still doing a bad thing, but you don't hate the character. Well, it's like with, with uh, what Kevin said in, when, during True Believer. Or no, excuse me, with Gray Hour. Gray Hour, excuse me. Um, where you said that it also, to you, it was like it's saying that it, there's a, a lot of gray area as well as just you know, the actual episode itself being called that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, and this, and this one That was a good point. It, well, it fits very much into what we've been talking about, we all know, with the series. It's, uh, it's very much putting the, the two ends of the spectrum. And, mm-hmm. and it's done beautifully with the on-the-street yeah. interviews. Oh, that's uh, beautiful, yeah. Yeah, as you said, Jay, that's one of those interesting ones, Cindy, certainly for me on a rewatch is... Um, and not really a rewatch, but purposely when you want to have some fun with this episode, what I do now too is if I go to watch it, 
I, I won't plan to watch it. What I'll do is I'll only watch the on-the-street interviews. So I see them all contiguously. Oh, cool. Um, because, it, as you said, there's, there's some that are talking about how this concept could be very good, some that are talking about very bad, some that are just having fun with it, which is just the human nature aspect. But when you watch that all contiguously, it's very mm -hmm. interesting to see how it's touched on exactly what's going to uh, happen in the series. Because we mm -hmm. have some of those discussions that are talking about how this will be the downfall of mankind. Yes, and especially that one, the last one that was that is used with the with the teacher. Yeah, yep. You know, and and I got to admit that's you know having first time through the series, you know, mm -hmm. you're probably tuning out a little bit and just hearing a, an academic talk about how you know anything taken to an extreme is bad. But mm -hmm. once you've watched the series and see what happens, sure. talk about spot on. That's exactly what mm -hmm. it is. Ex exactly. Yeah. You know, so it's it's and very it, entertaining. You know what's funny though is when I actually watched it for the first time, his speech gave me chills. Mm -hmm. You know, and for like you said, even though you watched throughout the whole thing, but even at that moment, you know, it, it, it was anything could happen because you got Big Brother everywhere. Anything, and what we are prone to do as humans, just like Paul says, you know, we we get the bomb, we use it as a, a you know. Um, a weapon and all that other things, and it's the same thing with tech. That it, it, that I did grasp it when I first watched it, which was cool. Which I was really surprised because I, I take a little bit to grasp things. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it is. It's it's just so fascinating, and and like you were saying, Jay, too. We have the the very dynamically opposed uh, storyline with Sierra, a little bit of the heartstrings with with the Joel Miner and and Echo filtered overall with this whole um, set of interview things and then throw in a little more uh, internal stuff with Boyd mm -hmm. kind of going a little rogue with how he, you know, catches Hearn, mm -hmm. catching a little flack from Adele, but not really because, you know, the outside-the-box thinking. Throw in a little curveball with uh, uh, Topher, you know, having his uh, mm -hmm. imprint compromised. And, and mm -hmm. it's, jeez. This thing is just, we, we've got more plot development from the whole series point of view in this one episode than we did in the previous Fox 5. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was just popping off all over the place. It's like, wow. Yeah, I think one of the biggest things, and even in some of the later episodes, you know, there are storyline bits here and there that you kind of want to tune out for, or sometimes you do, especially when you're on first watch. But um, in this episode, like, Really, all the storylines are firing on all cylinders. They all are very interesting and very compelling. And there's not one storyline that I look at and say, oh, you know, that's a little weird that, you know, or, or that's not my favorite. Um, but really, all the actors were doing really well. All the storylines were really popping, and, and it was something you wanted to listen to. It was something you wanted to watch and you wanted to think about after you watched it. And, and also, just from a fun point of view, that fight scene between say Echo and Ballard in the Chinese restaurant. Uh-huh. I mean that is one of the best choreographed fights in any Whedon show. Period. I love it. It was amazing. I loved it. It was so I mean it was almost brutal to the point where are they actually fighting? You know that kind of thing where you you have to stop and think about it. I go they actually look I mean it did not look staged or anything. You did not see the transference of stunt person to actor. You know, and even when Paul grabs her at, towards the end and grabs her by the jacket and lifts her up and throws her back up onto the car, it it was, it was in I'm, like even now I'm in awe. I can to even speak about it. 
Yeah, I think you could tell that um, Eliza and Tomo gave a lot to it. And um, mm -hmm. and it was, yeah, like you said, Kevin, just very well choreographed. Very, very good fight scene. One of my favorites of any Whedon mm -hmm. show. Yeah. Now, obviously, they've had many years since early Buffy and, <laughs> and a lot of those things to get better at it and, and a lot of other technology advantages. So, But I'm just saying the way, as, as Cindy kind of said, just the timing of it made it seem very, this wasn't a, ooh, time to stage a fight scene. This was... Exactly. You know, yeah, this, you know, look what they're doing. And, and the, the subtlety, too, I loved near the end of that scene uh, when Tomo gets the upper hand on her, on, I think, when they're near the front of the car on the hood, and she gets that look on her face like like, like some poor little innocent girl. Yeah, that's it, the one I was talking about. It makes him hesitate, yeah. <laughs> hesitate mm -hmm. just enough to get the yeah, upper hand. Nothing to ask it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I love that, taking advantage of that situation. <laughs> but I like that even the way it was introduced, when that just that split second of when that waiter opens that door and you see Echo's reflection in that glass, even just talk about it now, it'll still bring raise the hair on my arms because it was so well done, and it was one of those wow, <laughs> that was cool. Yeah, I love it, that it, moment. It is. It's it's hard not uh, talking about this. We kind of want to, or at least I do. I've got some uh, organized notes and some chronological items in the in the. Episode, but that thing is just too darn cool. Not to <laughs> talk about it. Talk about it right now. Yeah. <laughs> Dollhouse ADD taking over. <laughs> Always. <laughs> yes, we're ADD um, what, professionals. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but uh, so I mean, on the bigger picture, uh, a couple of the statements that, uh, and I call her Echo. I don't even know what quote doll she was during the fight. Uh, you know, it's just easy to say Echo. I would have uh, to be Echo. Assassin Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> like no, hello, gorgeous but deadly. <laughs> remember Assassin Barbie. Says, hello, gorgeous but deadly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, uh, in the statement she makes to Ballard, it's the kind of stuff that you can spend the next, you know, uh, uh, 15, 16 episodes of the series thinking about as we go through all of them. Um, we find out that there are over 20 dollhouses and that yeah. statement that echoes throughout all of them, the dollhouse deals in fantasy. That is their business, but it is not their purpose. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, and this, this definitely really does set up, I mean, the entire rest of the show. Um, like you said, Kevin, there's so many little things with what the professor says, and there's so many little things that point to exactly where the show goes. And um, again, it's another good reason why if you started here, it, it's probably not the worst thing. Because um, you started on a great episode, you started with a lot of background that takes you throughout the rest of the series, and um, and yeah, there's just so much stuff like that that you can. I remember the first time I heard that, the you know the twenty doll houses and just things yeah. like that that were that was a very cool scene to watch unfold. Mm. Yeah, it really did. It did. It's funny. I've I've gone back over in my head. Uh, I know. I think uh, it was. Uh, uh, Angie, who had sent us an email at one point asking about how she was having difficulty, and I think all of us had to a certain degree, getting people to watch Dollhouse or getting them into it. And oh, the yeah. thought occurred, yeah. would you recommend this as a first episode on purpose? Unlike Cindy. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing some of the Fox 5, could you make this one the first one? Now, I don't know if there's a good answer to that. I think you could maybe get away with it if you're watching it with the person so you can kind of fill in some questions but mm -hmm. um, one of the things I think you miss though making this one first which is why I can't like 
with 100% uh, belief say yes is the whole Melly is a doll thing. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, yeah. that jumping right into it in this episode doesn't have near the punch that it would if you've been watching her all along. Well, of Victor as well. I mean, there's there's a and lot Victor, of little yeah. character things that, that you would definitely miss, and I wouldn't recommend it as a starting point. Again, it's it's not the worst place to start if you're going to start, but... um. But yeah, I'm with you. I definitely wouldn't say start with this and then go back later. <laughs> well, yeah, because you lose the reveal of, of Victor being a doll because he doesn't come in until a couple of episodes where he's blew off for the for the longest time and you just think he's a regular person. He was like, when I first saw this, and it was right after I got a computer and knew nothing and little by little would get hunks here and there. And the desperate fight to actually get to see the first five that it wasn't until Jay and I became friends almost a year after I had the computer and got on Twitter was before I finally got to see the first five when he gave me a website to where I can go watch them. You know, so it was like I missed out. I, I always felt like I had missed out on a, a lot of stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. No, it, it would make it tough, uh, mm -hmm. you know, try to use this as a jump off point. But it is, it is intriguing to, to think about the possibility there. Um, but, you know, we kind of touched on it. I mean, how, how cool is, is the whole flowers in a vase scene? <laughs> Incredible. Oh, the, yeah. the, sc the score, the music behind it, the way they set it up. Mm -hmm. I mean... And how disturbing. Oh, my God. Olivia Williams' voice. Like, everything was perfect. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I have a question for that. I have a question about that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, when the phone call comes in, it comes through over the answering machine. You know, you hear it beep, and then it says, leave a message, and all of a sudden you hear, there are three flowers in a vase. All right? Well, you never see anything. Like, what happened? Why weren't they busted just by that recording? Because it had to have been recorded. Yeah, she's a sleeper doll. She can erase it. <laughs> yeah. But, no, but if you watch it, she, she gives her the other prompt, you know, to bring her back to Melly. So why would Melly know about it? You know, to remove it. You know, she's still standing over Hearn's body when that when that command comes across for the second time. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I think you've got a little bit with suspension of disbelief there, but it's yeah. an excellent point, Sydney. Okay. I mean, they also, since they have cameras in his place and everything else, maybe you uh -huh. could go out on the ledge and say they've got remote access to his answering machine or something, too. Exactly. I mean, with all they're capable of, I think that's the <laughs> low, low yeah, end. But it was just, I just happened to notice this, you know, when I was watching for the notes. Yeah, you're definitely not the first person to ask that question. I've, I've yeah. heard that question several times. Um, yeah, okay, good. Okay. Yeah, so um, uh, I'm not bothered by it. I think it's a great scene. So. <laughs> oh, it's, it's something like between the two of you, like, is there something I missed? You know, like maybe one of you two could have shed a light on it for me or something. Yeah, <laughs> oh, but apparently not. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, when I first watched this, um, and, you know, Echo tells Paul they will protect the information. I literally flashed back to becoming part uh, one with Angel and, and Buffy in the graveyard and her running back to save her friends and being too late. Did anybody else flash to that? Oh, with the scene with, with Paul running? Paul running and trying to call and then, you know, what yep. was happening in the apartment. Like, I literally flashed to becoming part one and, and that run that, that Sarah does. And, um, I mean, granted, it's not quite the same, 
but I don't know. That's just where my head went. Mm-hmm. No, it's an excellent, like... it's an excellent. I mean, the tension build was just amazing at mm-hmm. that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because you don't know at this point who's going to be who and and what's going on. Although we, as a viewer, are starting to see part of it. But yeah, I mean, that's part of what's. I think this is also. Um, and I love, I think we've talked about this when you do rewatches to pick one character and making them the focal point of the story um, mm-hmm. for being able to do, and Cindy kind of brought it up a little earlier, uh, make this the, the Ballard story. Uh, yes, he gets mm-hmm. a lot of more screen time and a lot more happens to him, but it's also to a certain degree the beginning of his downfall of realizing uh-huh. how much yeah. of, his, of his entire life is, is, is a joke, everything around him. So. It's it's here that uh, we kind of bring him up to that highest point, and then it's going to go down from from everything from the shooting to getting kicked off the force to Melly's the doll. I mean, the guy just gets totally dismantled. Yeah, I have to say well, when he was um, berating Joel Miner, I was just mm-hmm. thinking, you know, in like three episodes, you're going to be screwing a girl that you know is a doll. So let's not talk about these people. You know. <laughs> Let's not go to this morally gray area. Yeah, let's not go there. <laughs> yeah, but I give I actually, Patton Oswalt a big, a huge props on on Joel Miner's character, because here you got a comedian that's doing an actual, you know, dramatic role with a you know a couple of good quips in there. But I mean, that man lays lays it in there good on him to where uh, it was poetic to me. Mm-hmm. You know, and. You know, bringing out, it was like he already read him and knew what kind of a person he was and literally laid it out right out in front of him and still Paul didn't want to see it. Yeah, no, it was because as as, as Paul said later with Melly, uh, mm-hmm. he thought, you know, he had him cold. I mean, they got all, the whole lead in with mm-hmm. finding the funds and how it gets transferred. So he's got the drop on mm-hmm. him. Uh, and then he's got the gun on him, and, and if it had been any doll except for Echo, you're right, the whole thing could have mm-hmm. been radically different, which which Miner does such a great job of seeing and then throwing back in his face <laughs> when Paul tries to take the, yeah, tries to take the high ground on him and he's like, no, I don't think so, dude, because you, you got the hot for Exactly. It's not working. Why are you really working so hard? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and it always comes around to it's all to save the girl. Mm-hmm. You know, with, with, uh, with a, a few that, you know, uh, like Victor's story, line and stuff it's all about saving the girl yeah can we talk about victor a little bit because i have to say i absolutely adore him in this episode he is i think the scene where he he and echo are talking on the couch and he says you know i did something bad and she's like what did you do and he's like i don't know they won't tell me like the the pain in his eyes was was perfect mm-hmm. and even still echo herself even you know more evolved it was like she was done like, I don't know what to do to help you. Kind of look. Yeah. You know, just in the look. Yeah, we again have some of the examples of the quote-unquote uh, dolls that are supposed to be completely wiped, but they are somehow emotionally, both, like you said, Cindy, trying to go to that place that they mm-hmm. uh, intellectually don't even know what it is mm-hmm. because it's been wiped. But, but emotionally, he knows there's something there. quite you know quite the uh, burden to bear and to try to be able to work from yeah and it's it's when you watch them it's like you know that they're they're dolls and you don't want to feel for them 
because you know they're supposed to be you know glamour Barbie this that you know, but the way even in their subtle looks, all of them that they just bring out so much emotion as they evolve. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, I think that's what the series is about is literally someone, f- I mean, forming their self. I mean, they're completely nothing when you start, and by the end, it's it's a complete person. And it's not Caroline; it's not the person that they started with, but it's just about building yourself up from nothing, and and going against all the odds. And I mean, that's a that's a powerful message. Like being born, just like Topher says, it's like being born. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a lot of fun and, to and watch. And now now they're in the toddler stage, you know. <laughs> Yeah, that's part of what we're going to see them grow through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was neat uh, also watching Topher. Uh, we've got a little bit of uh, Ivy in here, too, again. <laughs> oh, Ivy. I love Ivy. <laughs> yeah, some pretty cool stuff watching that try to come together there. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's also nice, too, uh, on the flip side of all this other cool stuff flying around us, too, the inner workings of the dollhouse, watching Adele dealing with the whole Ballard situation, uh, you know, Dominic's trying to, you know, use a little of uh, the heavy force side of things to what gets done. And then Adele, you know, as she says near the end, being able to take the situation and find a way to use it to eliminate Hearn mm-hmm. uh, and all. So, I mean, it, it's a very classic, I mean, that Adele line at the end, uh, you know, once Dominic tries to compliment her on finding a way to tie up some loose ends, mm-hmm. where she basically just says, no, I, I played a very bad hand very well. Very and well. That, yeah. <laughs> that is what Adele excels at. <laughs> I adore her. I adore she I mean that woman can tell you off so politely. It makes me giddy watching her. It's just <laughs> so <laughs> I go, you go, woman. Yeah. <laughs> and then yet still show affection and concern that she honestly does care about these people. Even though at first watch she does not seem to be, it's all about business. And that when 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 we really start seeing more and more of the inner workings of Adele, she is she, she's everywhere, you know. And it's wonderful. I love the character. It's such a rich character. Yep. Yep. That's part of what we're going to see develop, and and we're getting way ahead of ourselves. But it's funny. I hear you talking about Adele and how she is able to use. Uh, her wit and uh, what she says to to take care of things, and and then I can flash forward to the end of the series when she takes care of the uh, leader of the uh, L.A. Dollhouse in a totally uh, <laughs> oh, <yeah>. way. Huh? <laughs> so she finds a way. Period. <laughs> that a girl? Yeah. We love our Adele. Oh, I adore that scene. That was such good. Yes. <laughs> now we also I have mean, even at the end, you know, where she's with. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead, Cindy. Finish your thought. Oh, I'm sorry. No, even like <laughs> at, at the end, um, where her, where she walks up as Echo's painting, and uh, she, you know, she, she goes, "Oh, you're painting a picture." And she goes, "Yeah, it, it isn't finished." What the picture? You know, what the picture? You go, "No, it isn't finished." Oh, would you like it to be finished? And allows her to complete Joel's fantasy yeah and it's one of those moments where you just go leaving it on that note it was just such an amazing moment after everything that was pumping off at the beginning of the, and throughout the whole episode 
and being the first one I watched, I'm like, wow, I felt like I was on a roller coaster ride. It was to me, it was amazing to the point where even now when I watch it, it'll still bring a tear because I think it's such a sweet ending. Mm-hmm. And you know what I thought kind of tied into that too. We've we've uh, heard uh, Dr. Saunders talking about the importance of uh, uh, the emotional side of them being dolls. Uh, you know, doing philanthropic things and so forth. And uh, mm-hmm. I'm wondering in the back of my mind, you know, the joke that Topher makes about how no one reads the reports that the doc puts out about uh, everything that happens to the dolls. But I'm wondering if Adele had, and, and this is, again, her chance to realize that there was a, like you said, uh, a completion, a need to complete something. Mm-hmm. And, and that she wanted to see it, uh, you know, taken to that point. Quite, in, quite, quite interesting, especially to start tying it back. And it's a very sweet way to end the episode with, with Joel and Rebecca, I have to say. I'm a fan of the two. Mm-hmm. Dollhouse yeah, or not, that, so. that was a good sweet scene to end with. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and again, it pulls on your heartstrings. So well yeah, mm-hmm. and it pulls on your heartstrings, and you're, you're just, you know it's wrong, but you still, in your head, say, you know, all. <laughs> but that's a, that's a nice uh, encapsulation, really, of the concept of the dollhouse and, and where that lies as far as man tending to push things uh, much further than they should be in that you sit there emotionally saying this is good this is okay and your head's telling you no 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 don't go there it's like the mm-hmm. two little devils or the devil <laughs> and the angel on your shoulder <laughs> trying to tell you which way to go on something like that exactly. but related related to that too we haven't even mentioned and it, it, it's so popular in the fandom because i mean this episode from the beginning when, when Ballard breaks in and the whole thing's going to crap. Um, mm-hmm. Watching the quote-unquote Rebecca uh, mm-hmm. talking to Joel. <laughs> Porn! Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, that, I think that was the one that was quoted the most. That's all you ever see people do is, when you say to all house, people go, Porn! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, again, and this is, I remember Joss talking, I think it's in the commentary, about how you know, I mean, this show was basically for Eliza to sort of showcase things that she might not necessarily get to showcase a lot because she is sort of typecast as a, as a, you know, tough chick role. And, um, you know, just the ability for her to play a housewife and to be this um, comedic, uh, lighthearted housewife and um, just that idea of, of her doing this. And I thought she did it so well. But, um, you know, I, th- I thought that was a cool uh thing from Joss. Mm-hmm. Well, I like the when when with the commentary when he brings up, you know, that that scene, when that scene comes up and she goes, "Yeah, the doily that he made her wear, you know, the dress looks like it, it's totally out of character for her for Eliza to be wearing a dress like that." And she goes, "Yeah, he made me wear a doily." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as the example of uh, getting her to extend herself and and Still mm-hmm. do it very well. <laughs> yes, exactly. Very much so. Now another I, thing. That, I love the. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say the go thing ahead. that uh, comes up in the commentary here, and I don't have the exact phrase in front of me, but uh, obviously there is a lot of dislike for the turn that the Boyd character takes come the end of season two. And in this commentary is where Joss talks about how. Uh, by this point in the series, you know, uh, mm-hmm. again, assuming you're only up till about halfway through season one, uh, mm-hmm. that Boyd is very much the moral compass 
of the group. Uh, you know, he is seen as the the guy who appears to have, for the most part, the most altruistic uh, approach to things. I mean, he knows it's the dollhouse, mm -hmm. but he's still the one that keeps questioning the way of doing things. Questioning, so, yeah. Which is why it makes it so tough for me and many folks to, you know, see him as the bad guy come the end of the series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a hard time with it, too. Yeah. So, but still, it's like if you could put yourself in his brain, that warped brain, you could see where it was just still the, the love of, that he loved these people immensely. But it, it all started with Echo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because even this is where, you know, once he's had the thing with Hearn, um, mm -hmm. you know, he's still asking Topher what Echo's assignment is and what she's doing and how come he can't go out with her and everything, so... Yeah, it's and it's bugging the crap out of him. Yeah, and it <laughs> yep. really just bugs the crap out of him. <laughs> Completely. Yeah, because it is. Yeah, it goes why? back. Goes back to what you said, Cindy. Until it still comes back to you know, uh, you know, the guy and the girl. Mm-hmm. Nope. Well, still, that's the human nature part of it that you can't walk away from. Well, it's just like with wars and stuff. They always say everything about that. It's always because of a woman. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we suck. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, good stuff. Before we get into some of the uh, feedback, we got any other points, either you? I think we've hit pretty much everything that I can think of. I don't want to cut us off. You know, like when it... I you were garbly. Are you there? Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm do sorry. I, nope. Do I need okay. to repeat? Yes. I was going to, I said, I don't want to cut anyone off before we get into feedback. Is there any other points or topics we wanted to cover? Uh, yeah, I, I have a question. Now, have we determined whether or not Dominic was supposedly the one that was the one that set up the whole thing as far as um, sabotage, you know, like with Echo's... Uh, persona and everything like that because for some reason I still feel like Saunders had a big huge part of it you know being that it, like at one point you hear her say well you gave me too many computer skills when she's talking to Topher that it took a lot of computer skills in order to corrupt that persona and I don't think Dominic had that what do you think I think you know, um, like in, from Omega I'm pretty sure it was Dominic. I think that's what, you know, that's kind of all came to a head in a spy in the house of love. Um, yeah, but, but even still, he, even though they, he, it was a big part of it, but as far as, to me, there seemed to be like two entities trying to get Paul's attention. You know, yeah. not only Dominic, but. Yeah, I've, I've you know never, I mean? my, yeah, I've never been myself able to completely button that one up and feel comfortable that it was. I mean, from a story and a narrative point of view, it certainly appears to be the case. But somehow yeah. I always I always felt that there was some other curveball off that that we were going to eventually see. I, I don't know if it was ever uh, discussed in the writer's room where they even had it on paper or it was just one mm -hmm. of those cool things they wanted to keep. Um, okay, I just want to make sure I was, I, you know what I mean? Because you do, you tend to, you still miss things. Uh, like, I'm, like, was there a point that I just happened to miss later on in the series or something? Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, that's, I, I'm curious. If, if other folks have some thoughts, please, by all means, let, let us know. I mean, that's part yes, of the please. fun of this one. Yeah. Uh, a lot of ways you can cut this up, I think. All right, so what do we have for feedback for Man on the Street? 
All right. Well, we got uh, for those who are new listeners. First off, welcome. And uh, one of the things that we have going is a Facebook group. Uh, if you are not aware and want to get involved, we appreciate it for jumping in there. If you do a search on Facebook for Active Architecture, you'll find us there. But we try to put up a, a thread a few days before we record, see if folks have some thoughts, and let them share uh, with us here. So let me just give you a quick uh, rundown on some of the uh, things. Uh, uh, both uh, Chris and a couple of the other folks who posted in here were talking about how this very much for them became uh, the time when we saw our, uh, the Adele we know and love very much in this episode. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, quoting a lot of the lines that we you know brought up here, and then uh, as we said in the narrative, but very much explaining uh, a lot of what this show is and making it the good jumping-off point for a lot of people that were coming in. But we really do get a chance to to, to love our Adele. <laughs> <laughs> By very much what she says here, and also very similar to Bob and a couple of the folks are, are talking about what we were just talking about that, uh, you know, the whole decision to turn Boyd evil really, you know, after what he does here, you know, just makes it so difficult for us to to swallow that, mm -hmm. you know, because of what's happening. Um, also, uh, Tammy, uh, thanks to Tammy, she did a great job of quoting uh, several things that were in the episode um, uh, in terms of. Uh, the characters uh, talking about how the uh, conversation between Ballard and Minor, uh, you know, how much, uh, you know, Dollhouse uh, gets you to bring that whole idea of fan fiction to life a bit. Um, mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, talking about how Ballard says to Minor that this house will fall, you know, very much talking about the whole fall of the House of Usher, mm -hmm. uh, parallels, um, you know, everything else. Uh, Tammy did a great job of uh, referring to some of those. So, I mean, I we're not going to read them all off, but if you're not a member of the group, well, you are, it might have looked past that, I highly recommend reading through some folks shared some very interesting thoughts there, that, which is part of what makes the Dollhouse discussion so much fun. So please feel free, folks, come by there, you know, share any thoughts. This is a retrospective podcast, as we've said, and as you're well aware, so any topic, you don't have to wait until we get to an episode if there's something you want to bring up, but certainly if it's episode specific, you can let us know and we'll try to roll it in. Um, just to harken back a bit to something that uh, Sam brought up my quote where I like to talk about Dollhouse and very much refer to it as a, you know, fr uh, flawed brilliance. I think this episode is oh, one yeah. of those tentpole points where you just see the amazing excellence that it can have. Mm. Oh yeah. Um, and, and things that it does address, which then, you know, ruffle a bit. So we'll talk a little later on there, but uh, Sam certainly make a mental note that this is one of those ones that uh, there, there aren't many TV episodes of shows, even the ones I love just as much as Dollhouse that can bring as much brilliance into, in this case, 51 minutes uh, <laughs> as we get here. I mean, this this is uh, an amazing amount to digest, which is awesome. So, again, the, the feedback, folks, we greatly appreciate it. We also have email. Uh, been kind of quiet on the email front, but uh, uh, activearchitecture at gmail.com is our address if you prefer email. So, uh, you know, drop stuff there if you'd like to as well. Can't quite fit as much, but in 140 characters, you can also tweet at us. We're at Dolls Active. Again, put out the notices about when we're uh, going to record a show and when we release them. But if you got a thought and you're on Twitter, uh, let us know there too because we'd like to roll it in. It's a lot more fun when we get some thoughts there. So feel free, folks, any of those uh, options, email, Twitter, Facebook, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, let us know because that's what makes these discussions of Dollhouse so much fun is the community aspect and uh, get so many great topics. But, uh, yeah, looking forward to having more folks. Uh, it was great to have Cindy join us tonight, and hopefully we'll, well be able you. to get her on again at some point. We know we had lots of you interested in being on with us. So oh, we're yeah. Trying to, 
we're trying to find a way to get as many of you in as we can. Sometimes it's just a you know a random drawer of names to to assign folks for shows because there's only as we said 26 episodes and <laughs> much more than that for you who are interested in talking about it. So it was, mm-hmm. it was a lot of fun too. Oh, it was fun. I I enjoyed talking about this one. It is one of my favorites. Awesome. All right, so thanks everybody for listening, and we'll be back next time to talk about Echoes. (laughs) Thanks, guys. (laughs) Take care. (laughs) Bye. If I could write out my own dream For the next time that I sleep You'd be the first one that I see I, the last one that you keep And the dream wouldn't go on and on While we swayed Against all things thrown our way And the morning would be so cruel When it came with sunshine and warmth to blame For announcing the end of my sweet dream For announcing the end of my sweet dream